Welcome to Life 2.0 Podcast, New Year's Eve 2022 edition. Time to go up the down staircase in the outdoor, make sense out of the senseless, and if at all possible, find the obvious buried in the absurd. Hold on to your lug nuts. Time for a friggin' overall. Glad to have you joining me from anywhere and everywhere around planet Earth. Some of you that listen to this show, it's already next year. I have subscribers who live in Australia, and I've already gotten uh, Happy New Year notes for them because it's already tomorrow there. Same thing with my friends in China who are already into next year, 2023. And uh, we're all kind of just catching up to them. Let let me just start with this. Thank you so much for listening. There are a bajillion choices in the world. When I started this podcast uh, five years ago, this coming May, I didn't know how long I would do it or what the deal was. And I, you know, I had started podcasting in 2014 with CBS and I kind of moved along through a different projects and I went back to this and it's something that's been uh, a sustaining thing for me. You know, the radio business is so up and down and there have been times where I was on three hours a day, five days a week and, you know, bringing home serious coin. And there were other times where there was nothing going on in our business. We call it being on the beach. So if you haven't heard anybody in a while that some of your favorites on radio, whether it's talk radio or music or what have you, uh, they're probably looking for work or they're retired, one or the other, because people who are in the business tend to stay busy because we know there are times that that could happen that we're not. And so this microphone has always been my way of reaching out, whether I was doing the regular quote radio stuff or terrestrial radio stuff, what have you, uh, this is my microphone. Nobody can take it away. So thank you for listening and thank you to all the subscribers. Listen. It's 20 bucks a month, 66 cents a day, comes up to like five bucks a week. And I, I do four to six podcasts per month. So I try to, when I started this thing, I didn't know even how to, how to price it out. You know, I think there's value in where you see it and where you find it. And I, so I, I came up with something I could relate to, a pizza, which I had last night, by the way, and Rockies, which is right near where I live here, outside of Chicago in the Western suburbs, uh, is one of those neighborhood pizza joints. It's owned by a Vietnam veteran. So I go there and spend my cash over at that joint and they make great pizza. It cost me about $20, $22 for a pizza. And I eat it in about 25 minutes and it's gone. This is a whole month's worth of programming for the same amount of money it costs for that pizza. That's how I kind of made the the connection. So for all of you who have, you know, stayed with me uh, and come on board over the years, I thank you so much. Really, it's the fact that you find the value enough to do that is just, I guess I should still keep doing this is the point, right? And th- that brings me to another uh, piece of uh, little legislature on the show. When I began Life 2.0, the idea was, is to look at life in a way that ups the experience of being alive. There are so much, if not, you know, a, a, a avalanche of bad news every second of every single day. The media outlets, even in the last 25 years since I got into the radio, have, you know, bajillions of them. And and it, it just pushes on us all the time. Last Sunday, CBS Sunday Morning, which I think is the best program on television, certainly the finally produced program on television, had a guy on, I don't know all the reporters and anchors that kind of roll through there, with Jane Pauley being the main the main person there. Uh, but they did a whole segment on all the good news that no one, that never made the news. And that is so important. You got to have a counterbalance because then if you don't do that, 
All you get is the downloads from all the crap that's out there. And that's not good for us. It's like a diet, how, what we eat and what we feed on. So, you know, cleaning up our diet, you know, you are what you eat. Well, you're also what you think and what you think is based a lot on what you see and what you see and here comes from all these different sources. And if it's repeated over and over and over again in a way that is non-sustaining, it really takes the life out of us while we're still alive. So this show's aim was to, to lift the lid up quite a bit here and go, wait, wait, what's going on here? That's why I start the show out saying, go up the down staircase. Let's go places where people, if they're all walking out, let's go in and see what's going on. Go up the down staircase, go in the outdoors. They're coming out, let's go in. What's going on in here? Right. And, you know, try to make sense out of the senseless, which is an ongoing task, but it's worth the effort. If you can peel back the headlines and get underneath to the lifelines, maybe you can make sense out of so much stuff that seems senseless and that we can do nothing about. And then to find the obvious buried in the absurd. It's always there. It's always there as we're getting ready to roll in and the politics are going to flip over in the house and things are going to change. It's just, it's the tug of war back and forth, back and forth. And the people in the middle like us are the ones who pay the price the most because we watch this back and forth and could do zero about it. Except for one thing is to stay out of it, which I think for me has been a saving grace to disengage from that, which I cannot, you know, have any control over any input on it saves my brain cells. It saves my, saves my spirit from sagging a bit. So that's like a huge deal for me. And, and, and in all of that, talking about and calling out behavior and examples and you know, human behavior, sometimes my own, is, is to say, look, let's get real with stuff. Let's quit BSing around every single thing that goes on. You know, there's this guy now who's going to be sworn into office. We'll see if it happens. Who's lied across the board. I'm not even going to say his name. It's just his joke. And he has the look and, and made up all this, you know, stuff about his resume that never happened. And he gets elected to Congress. Now, on one hand, I'm not surprised because we're living in a time where all you got to do is look the part and say whatever people want you to say. And you have a chance you can win. So here I am nine minutes into this rant. And uh, I haven't really started yet. <laughs> but that, I, I, the whole idea was just to say thank you. I appreciate it every time I get a note from somebody about one of the shows that were done this past year or any other year because they're all there still, which is very interesting to me still. You know, when I did quote terrestrial radio, once you're off the air, that was it. Now everything's archived. So everything I've done on this show for the last five years is there to listen. I'll get notes from people off shows I did three years ago with Jane Goodall and they just listen to it now and I'm already way past that. But that's the good part about this. It's a resource in a lot of ways, which is... Something that popped in my head um, recently when I was out at a, at a major bookstore. And uh, we'll sh- go nameless because they're not a sponsor, so I'm not plugging it. But it's a major brick-and-mortar bookstore. And I walked into the place, and I had this immediate thought. And as an author of myself, of three books, I had this thought. How in the world can we still be in such shitty condition as a species? Everything you need to change every single aspect of your life, health, wealth, relationships, happiness, you name it. It's already been covered. There isn't anything out there that hasn't been already addressed. And yet we still kind of limp along. Now that's not to say that we haven't come, you know, somewhere down the evolutionary path, but for the most part, the same problems get dragged in from one year to the next. And unless, what's the old saying? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. 
And we're so like that as a species. And so I walk into this bookstore and I go past these, what used to be called the self-help section, you know, where people go buy books for other people. <laughs> but now it's called life transformation, which is really a cool term. So I'm looking at all the titles there and my books, uh, the first two books, Living an Uncommon Life and Every Moment Matters, which by the way, just went into audio. You can find that at the Audible uh, if you choose it, if you're you know audiobook person. But uh, my first two books were put in the self-help category and I didn't like that. And I just didn't like it because it seems, you know, it reminds me of the whole Saturday Night Live skit with Chris Farley and the motivational speaker and living in a van down by the river, which is very funny. But I just, I just thought this is all common sense. There's no bookshelves at any bookstore says common sense, just common sense. There's no big secrets to most of what goes on in our lives. And yet we're looking for the secret and the shortcut and the benevolence and the blessings. And while those are all great buzzwords, a lot of this is just common sense. I mean, to me, it's common sense. If you're running for elected office in this country, you don't bullshit about everything on your resume because you know eventually it's going to come back around and kick you in the ass. But that's just me. That's common sense, but not common practice. And so this show was built around common sense for uncommon times. That if I could talk about things in a way that maybe is different than they're being talked about, quote, out there, people listening in here maybe could have a different or better or, or increased uh, life experience. And that's, that's something that's been a, a recurring theme in every show that I've done just about is that it's always been going on, folks. It's, it's so important, I think, to keep our perspective that this stuff's been going on since there's been like six people on the planet. We've been mistreating ourselves and each other f forever. Now there's just more outlets that validate that, you know, so whether it's Twitter or TikTok, neither of which I'm involved in. I have a Twitter account. Probably haven't been on there about a year. Don't care really. But those type of things where everything gets bombarded and everything gets expanded on it, everything's under a microscope, is not good for us, in my opinion. And not everything has to have an opinion. Not every single something that somebody wears or what they eat or where they go. or how, Everybody has an opinion. But back in the day, we didn't get to hear it because it was these outlets weren't there. So to me, it's a fine line between all the stuff that's been going on since forever, the good and the bad, and then the outlets that just keep dumping it. To dump it, that's their, their job. That's what those are set up for. It's opting out or how you respond or not to that stuff, I think is what helps us keep our sanity. At least it does for me. So when all this stuff is going about Elon Musk and everybody has an opinion, I could give a shit. I'm not on Twitter. It doesn't bother me in the least. I don't have an opinion about Elon Musk either way. Don't have to have one. I don't need one. I don't need to get into the conversation. It doesn't matter. Billionaire doesn't know who I am. Why would I care? It's just, so this stuff to me is what helps me keep my, you know, my track straight. Helps me keep the bubble in the middle as best I can. And so as we get ready to close out 2022, I started to think about that SAID concept that I learned in kinesiology many, many years ago in college. An SAID is specific adaptation to impose demands. And just yesterday, for the first time in my life, I turned 64 a couple of days ago, and for the first time in my life, I went to a chiropractor. So, you know, starting to catch up on me, old football injuries, you name it, sit too long, all the, all the usual things. And so I went to this um, chiropractor, and she's fantastic. And we had a great conversation, and she showed me the x-rays and all this kind of stuff that's going on. 
And I talked, we talked about, started about kinesiology, starts talking in lingo that I haven't heard for a long time, but I'm familiar with. And we went back and forth on stuff and this SAID thing came up. And in kinesiology, which is body movement, that's like swimming or working out or playing tennis or whatever, you can break down the movements of all those activities and, you know, determine the muscles that are used and all the benefits and whatever. And the main tenant is that we become basically what we adapt to. So on one level, I go to the gym four days a week. I can still feel like I go in there and get a good workout. And I've been working out literally for 50 years, which is beyond my comprehension. I started when I was 14 years old. Uh, saw Pumping Iron, got the book. My grandfather had some weights in the basement. I was off to the races. And I take breaks now and then. But for the better part of 50 years, I've always been in a gym somewhere. Whether it's been a YMCA on one end or up at some big membership club uh, where the Bulls practice as the director of strength training. That stuff has always been a main tenant in my life, to have that outlet. And so when I was a kid, I'd work out. I was working out a lot of my angst. The benefit was I got stronger. My anger actually made me stronger. It's what pushed me. And over the years, this has become such a habit that if I don't go, which I understand I'd take a break, like I said, a week or two here or there, let my body rest a little bit. If I don't go in there, then I start to deteriorate. The thing that keeps me strong is resistance. And so the older I get, I walk into the gym and I think, you know, I walked in the other day and I, I feel pretty good that I've been doing this as long as I have because I would hate to be starting at 64, but still saying, look, I've been doing this 50 years. And, I, and, and there's the thing about muscle and muscle memory. And it, it, this plays across the board at everything we do, not just being in the gym or any kind of health activity. Muscle memory, it's in there. I've done this so many times. The muscles remember, for lack of a better term, what to do. And they respond accordingly. If I don't use them, they atrophy and they become weak. And I think that plays in our lives the same way. If we do the things that we know we need to do to keep us strong, it will we'll adapt to that. It, will, it will, will become that. And you have your ups and downs for sure. But when you find the main tenant, the anchor, something that is a core belief for you, something that's a knowing for you that you can keep stuck to. The life experience, no matter what's going on around you, keeps you grounded in the center of things. And so for me, it's been going to the gym. And there were times when I was younger that it was all about how much weight I could push. And I think the most I've ever done was about 485 on the bench. It was a big deal to how much you can bench. I used to have these two lines running down my back that was just basically bruised because of the weight that was on me, and, and it was the outline of the bench on my back. I'd be benching so much, I had these two red lines down there. And that was all, you know, how much can you push back in the day? And I, I did 485 once or twice, and for a guy at the time who weighed 240 pounds, that was pretty good. And then I did negatives, which is where you hold weight, and you lower it slowly, and you have somebody help you push it up, with 605 pounds at one time. All this resistance made me stronger. All the resistance in the gym made me stronger. And it's the same thing in my life. I don't talk about resisting things like I'm not going to deal with them, but having these hard things come to me and you, and then dealing with them, to resist them, to push on them, to learn from them, to grow strong from them, to not let them run you over. And there's been times I've been run over, make no mistake about it, but I got up and got stronger. You know, I tell my kids because they're half my age that the things that will be most difficult for them are not the things they've gone through before because you've seen it and you recognize it. It'll be new things that come up. You know, when I went to the chiropractor 
I had uh, x-rays taken a month earlier and I had not seen them. And she showed them to me. She goes, what are these surgical clips in here? And I'm like, surgical clips? What the, what's all this? Well, I had forgotten because it's been so long now that I donated the kidney to my daughter when she was 13 years old. And I've never seen it inside of my body since. So the surgical clips where they clipped off my kidney, they're still in there. These two little clips. Well, that's just interesting. It was a great reminder though of a very different time in my life. And my daughter's doing well after her second transplant that she had. It'll be three years this January. She's doing great. Very blessed by that. Uh, Lucky, for sure. Uh, And yet she does everything she needs to do along that SAID-specific adaptation to impose demands route. This is the demand that's been placed on her. She has to adapt to it or not. If you don't adapt to it, you don't make it. On a, Across the board, on a lot of levels. And so thinking of all these things as we were having this conversation, um, I started thinking, like I said, about this pushing and this resistance. And it's very difficult sometimes, if not all the time, to pick out where you push and where you pull, you know, where you stand and where you sit, where you're vocal and where you're not. And I think that's the discernment that comes from decades of doing work that, as I say, prescribed to find sense in the senseless and the obvious and the absurd. And over the years, the things that I've chosen to use as topics to illustrate those things or to bring those things home have been varied in many. And I've lost subscribers actually over the years because they felt I was being too political or too uh, apolitical or too... Uh, vocal, or to, you just name it in the blank. So what's interesting to me is I'm saying the same thing, and there are people that think this is like perfect for them, and other people say I can't listen to that. And that's okay. It's totally a prerogative. But it's a 50-50 deal, meaning that, I, you know, perfect example is when I was on the air in WGN in Chicago, and half the people listen, and this is true. I'm convinced of this because I've been on the receiving end of it. Half the people listen because they don't like you, <laughs> which is an odd deal. But it has, they need to have something to reinforce the belief that they have. It doesn't matter what it is. And I learned that a long time ago. And so this whole specific adaptation to impose demands is so critical uh, in, in the physical that movement creates strength and so on and so forth, but also on a spiritual level to me and an emotional level and an intelligence level. And basically, all life levels, that is the main thing to remember, is that how you respond to something is what you adapt to, and it's what you become, for better or for worse. And if you don't adapt to the demands placed on you, as I mentioned before, then things don't go well. They change. They go up. They go down. And life gets more difficult. And to not deal with stuff only delays the inevitable. So as I'm getting ready to quote, close out 2022, I've been thinking back. You know, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I think that's just a setup. I was working in the health club industry and the biggest time of year for selling health club memberships were November and December because in January, everybody was going to jump into the gym and change their life in two weeks. It took them 10 years to get in the shape they're in, but in two or three weeks, they were going to undo all that. And it was very predictable. You know, the salespeople loved it because they were making a, you know, what ton of money because we knew human behavior. What happens is that when it gets difficult, most people give up on it and they give up on themselves, which is very predictable human behavior. It's all based on it. I remember one of the sales guys that I worked with saying, if everybody showed up, we ever sold a membership to, there'd be no parking. And there was like 4,000 parking spots at this place. So thinking about all that going in, uh, this resolution thing 
it's more of a day-to-day thing for me. I wake up and go, so what, what am I going to do today different than I did yesterday that may give me a result that I'm looking for? It's not a year thing because it's too big. It's too big. I'm working with an author right now and interesting work for me as someone who never thought he'd be doing anything like this. Um, she's in a probably the early stages of the book being ready to, to go to a draft form in, in the manuscript. And she's been working on it for eight or nine months and she's a very good writer. And so when I sent her back the manuscript that she had completed up to that point, she was looking at it in this huge arc of, you know, the, the, the enormity of the book and all the publicity it's going to take, all the pieces that go into this. And because of that, it was paralysis by analysis. She wasn't doing anything that she needed to do in order for us to get this thing done. And so we had a, one of our little meetings and kind of a, a chalk talk session. And I said, listen, here's, it's just, there's 20 chapters. We're going to do these four at a time. And once we were able to chunk it down and give her some parameters to work with, everything became feasible again. It opened up everything. And so the same is with all these resolutions when it comes to making a change in your life. You want to make a change in your life, go to the brick and mortar bookstore, find out what your problem is and something you're dealing with. And I'll bet you there's 25 books that have an answer for you. That's my experience. But the difference between talking about something that you want to change and actually making the change comes down to SAID, Specific Adaptation to Imposed Demands. And that's not something you do once a year on New Year's Eve and the next day you wake up and you're going to be, you know, Wonder Woman or Superman. It's something you have to do on a moment-to-moment basis sometimes. That's where the hard work's at. You know, I have friends that I uh, said goodbye to this past year, as we all have. It's been less than it's been since the pandemic, I will say that, which is good for sure. But I think about the time that they had uh, and the time that I have. I was up earlier this morning working on something and I rarely use notes for the podcast, just free form it. And that's just the way it goes and kind of always been that way. Uh, but I had this notion about the obituaries and that, you know, today's another day. I'm not in the obit page. Could be later tonight, but this morning at uh, quarter to six, I'm not in there. And because I'm not in there, that means that I have opportunities that still lie undiscovered. There's, whether they're within me or around me or with the people that I care about or what have you, that I'm still here. And that counts for something. That counts for something. And my friends, the two or three that I I, uh, bid farewell to this past year, you know, their time has come and gone. And there's no instant replace for them. And so here I am one more time today, and I checked a couple of different newspapers. Nope, John's not in there. I mean, John's still here. And I would subscribe to you. It's the same thing. Whatever your age might be, there's still things to be discovered. There's still things to be appreciated, things to be admired, things to be thankful for all across the board, which is difficult to find sometimes when you're buried in the headlines and we forget about the lifelines. So one of my new daily resolutions when it comes to doing this podcast is to keep them 30 minutes or less. And I'm just about there. And outside of thanking you for taking the time to listen and reminding you that uh, tomorrow's promise to no one and that SAID, Specific Adaptation to Imposed Demands, is within your reach and grasp as a great tool to make any change you want to make in your life, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, it doesn't matter. Specific Adaptation to Imposed Demands is the key. How you respond to the demand placed on you is everything, or not. It's your choice. Uh, Today is the 31st of December, 2022. Hard for me not to... I remember my old pal, John Denver, who would have been 79 today, which is way past my comprehension. 
Uh, he was only 53 when he passed away in 1997, but he was born December 31st, 1943 in Roswell, New Mexico. And one of the best things I had an opportunity to do this past year, as it was the 25th year uh, anniversary of John's passing, was to do this uh, three-hour tribute to John. And I've done a few before, and I try to do something on, you know, December 31st as a reminder uh, and a remembrance. But this was three hours, and it took me, uh, gosh, I must have had 200 hours worth of, of uh, interviews and conversation and music to get down to three hours. I did it on WCRW in Washington, D.C., uh, which was a two-hour version on the Dow Music Show that I, I hosted this past year. And then on this podcast, I did a three-hour version, a director's cut. I always wanted to say that. But it was really good. It, it got my production chops back up where they needed to be. It was important for me to do it for him as a friend, uh, to think of someone who saw so much in me that would he would encourage this, this uh, direction for my life and could see it long before I could, and that I'm still doing it all these years later. I, I'm beholding to that. And so I'm remembering John on his 79th birthday and remembering this past year of the, the tribute that I did. And I think it comes down to uh, something else that a dear friend of mine uh, who passed away a year ago, but we went to his uh, ceremony at Arlington National this past spring, was Captain Jerry Coffey, the late Captain Jerry Coffey, who was one of the longest held prisoners of war in Vietnam. And uh, great friends with Jerry over the years, and he... Uh, his book, Beyond Survival, is just sitting right over here on my bookshelf. You know, you want to talk about a book to read, read Jerry Coffey's book, Beyond Survival. Uh, everything you need to know about the human condition, overcoming the worst that humans can do to each other is in that book. And the thing I want to leave everybody with and remind myself of before I let John finish the show is that Jerry's biggest lesson of being in the Hanoi Hilton for seven years was the lesson of forgiveness. He said, I realized at some point during my captivity that I was only going to be a victim if I could not forgive the circumstances and the people that put me there. I would always be that prisoner. And he said, I just refused to do that. And so this whole concept of forgiveness from a guy who was the worst things that humans have ever done to each other for seven years during that war, and he was able to forgive them, is something that I carry with me every day. You know, it's, we get cut off in traffic and we want to start a war. Uh, we get into difficulty with, with relationships and we want to leave. You know, we find ourselves feeling hurt about uh, situations in our life that we can't really deal with. And we pass that hurt on to other people. We bleed on the people that didn't cut us. We're all walking wounded. We all have PTSD to some greater or lesser degree. And at Jerry's uh, memorial there at Arlington, uh, I remember how much conversation was about forgiveness. And so that's really the thing I think that's a superpower because you're disconnecting from that which puts you in that position. You get, you're yelling yourself out of prison. It doesn't mean you condone what anybody else did or didn't do to you. It's not even the point. The point is you will not be a victim of it anymore. It goes right back to SAID. Does it not? Specific adaptation to impose demands. If you don't adapt to that, you become something that maybe you shouldn't be through a situation that was put upon you that you may not have been able to, to deal with. People have a lot of splinters in their lives. They get pushed in very deep over time and they come to the surface and you can tell when that happens. And it's very difficult because usually what we're angry about is not what we're really angry about. There's a whole process to, to getting those splinters out of our lives. And so anyway, as time has dwindled and uh, it's time for me to keep my, my word on this 30 minute thing as best I can, I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you find value in, in the work that I get a chance to do here every day. I thank you so much for those of you who listened to the Tao of Music for the past year. I had so much fun doing that. 
the John and Jen show, working with Jennifer Weigel has been just a great thing. I, I really enjoy this work. And I'm so thankful and respectful of this microphone in your time. So until 2023, let your voice count for something that brings the human family together and not apart. Be well. Safe travels. Keep the faith. Uh, there's 8,000 reasons that I'm real excited about the opportunity of doing this show. Uh, one of them is this song that this has a chance of, uh, of being heard a little bit and perhaps igniting something in people's hearts. Jungle.